Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you for a last recap as we recap all of season five. That's right, we're going to go all over 17 episodes from start to finish and be here for the next 17 hours and sort of go over that. No, we're here to talk about well, season five, but we're just going to recap it briefly. So if you've skipped all those other episodes and you just go to these, good on you because you don't have to hear us talking about other shit and philosophical things about like blowing up bombs and things along those lines um we haven't done one of these in a couple of years so i'm going to be intrigued to see how this turns out and everything else along those lines my name is ben and why can't daddy come with us uh that's because colin is busy um with oh, daddy <laughs> oh he's my daddy uh my my name is Noah, and uh, where are we? Mm, rodents. <laughs> I just had this image, right? I reckon I Jamie Jamie tries to call Colin daddy, but then Colin just is like, no, 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 no. Doesn't know what it means and just, you know, daddy go, goes on that way. Um, season five has been a weird season, not because just you and I have recorded this over the space of like 10 months in like three different countries. Um, but it's just, I, I feel like I talk so much about how these episodes were just there. They were just kind of just such middle episodes and then it ends with a bang literally, but like, it's, it's weird to kind of look at how many of these episodes I bought, but that's definitely not going to be reflected in my ranking of this season because, the problem with all the buys that I have this season on my rankings is they're just, they're literally all in the middle. Like I'm literally looking at my rankings right now and pretty much the majority of all these episodes fit between episodes 50 and 61. Uh, between episodes 50 and 61, I have got every single episode is a season five episode except for Hearts and Minds and I do. <laughs> Everything else is a season five episode. Like they just were all there. Like they just, they were fine, but they weren't brilliant and they weren't shit. So I think that's kind of season five to me. It's not shit, but it's not brilliant. Like, I don't think, with the exception of a couple of episodes, this season stands out to me. And I'll say this right now. To me, after five seasons, this is the most forgettable season to me so far. Controversial, I don't know. I know Colin loves this season, calls it his daddy, apparently. But uh, I don't know. To me right now, the most forgettable season of Lost. Yeah, uh, it's interesting for season five because I don't necessarily disagree uh, but it was always my least favorite when watching it on TV. Like I was not a fan of the time travel and everything, but this season has an amazing reputation. Like it's pretty much universally loved amongst lost fans season five. And 
It's it's difficult because I kind of agree with you, but I can see what people see about it because it to me it is the neatest season of Lost. When you look at everything that happened in the beginning of the season, it all ties together by the end of the season. And to me, this feels like the most planned out season of all the seasons. The things that happened in the middle and in the uh, the, the beginning, the middle and the end all feel like they were planned. And, you know, we see Faraday at the beginning, time traveling, and then we see that happen at the end. We see stuff with the compass and with Richard and uh, so much of what Locke goes through and the people coming back to the island. It's, I would say the neatest season of Lost. Um, so to me, I think there's a lot we've got to give props to season five for. And it's grown on me as, as I've rewatched it. But at the same time, I do agree slightly with, with you is I think when we look at our averages, this will have the least amount of bins of any season. And you've got to give it props mm. for that. But at the same time, there's just not a lot of episodes that really pop in this season. Like you're talking about season one where we've just got all these episodes. And I think when we do our top five moments, this is sort of the hardest season to do it. When season one, we had maybe a short list of about 15 moments that we had to whittle down to five. This is like, Oh yeah, I guess this goes in there. Uh, so I think you give it props for the least amount of bins of a season that that can't go unnoticed. But at the same time, yeah, like when you're looking at the top moments and the top episodes, it's like, yeah, there are some good episodes in there, but it's it's not the most sort of popping season. I mean, it didn't drag like season three. Like I wouldn't say this season dragged, but it maybe it lulled a little bit. I I would say that like. You know, it, it maybe didn't help that we kind of spread this out over a, a whole year the way we sort of recorded this. So it kind of it's, it's a bit hard to, I guess, be motivated for a season that you're kind of not super like. Like we literally, what, went about six months, five months without, maybe not that long, but like at least a few good months without recording. And by the time we then picked up, I'm literally going, I don't remember what's happened before this. Like, like what, like what's going on? Like, but if we did that during season one, I wouldn't have a problem. You know, it's like, it's kind of, it's there, it's memorable. And it's interesting you mentioned that about the bins because we obviously talk a little bit about this when we get to the episodes, but I'm just looking here that I, in season one, only binned one episode. Uh, but oh. other than that, we've both binned at least two or three a season. Um, I only binned two last season. You only binned two last season. Uh, season three, I binned three. You binned five? Wow. <laughs> Um, season two, I've been three, you've been three season one. I've been one, you've been four. Uh, whereas this season, you and I both only been one episode. It was the same episode, uh, the little prince. And, uh, actually we had, do we have equal? Yeah. We're equal buyers and rents all around. So that's interesting. So we have the same amount of buyers, rents, and bins this season, just a few different episodes. Like I rented one that you bought, you rented two that I bought. So fascinating. But that's the thing is like if you do the averages at the end of this show, like season five probably maybe comes out on top, which is interesting because now we're saying a little negative about it. And which, and I feel like I'm like 
long-term Ben haters who hate this show, I don't know, like I, I, I'm going to contradict myself when it comes to the rankings because a lot of the way I base my season rankings on these shows that we do is I often weight it on the averages. So season four of Nip Tuck, which I literally bought every single episode, I had no clue that that would end up being my number one season. If you had told me at the beginning that, I'd be like, no, season two of Nip Tuck is one of the greatest television seasons I've ever watched. That came out at number two because I'm like, well, I cannot not put the season that I bought every single episode of on top. Like, that just is impossible for me not to do that. Whereas this season, I'm not going to put this at the top and where it goes up based on my averages because I. it's weird how I'm weighting this as a whole season versus my averages. But anyway... um. If you've never listened to our end-of-season recast, what we generally do is we just kind of briefly go over the, the main characters, favourites, least favourites, some of the, the the side characters. We go over some of the episodes, best moments, everything. And then the big things we do is ranking the seasons in our top five moments. So I guess we'll kind of go over some of the main themes, really, of this season. Um, and because I'm lazy, I'm just going to base it purely off Lostpedia. Um, so according to Lostpedia, and these are true, I back these up, I agree with these facts, uh, that season five centered mainly on the plot, uh, on the people left behind on the island and the bad things that happened after Ben, sorry, turned the frozen wheel. Major plot points included time travel, the island's erratic jumps through time and whether it is possible to change the past or not with the notion of whatever happened, happened. Death, featuring three episodes heavily concerning themes of death and the apparent resurrection of Locke. Leadership concerning the others throughout both timelines. Uh, so we had Widmore and Eloise in 1977, Richard Ben and Locke in 2007, the power play between Jack Sawyer and the Dharma members in 1977, and the question of leadership in the pocket of Ajira 316 survivors. The Oceanic Six journey back to the island following the lead of Eloise Hawking. Dharma initiative ways of life, experiments, and other activities in the island, mainly Horace Goodspeed, Pierre Chang, and Stuart Rosinski. An ancient island history, including the tunnels, the monster's place of origin, the statue of Torette, Tor- Torette? and the conflict between Jacob and his enemy. That's all it says there. And then I love how there's a whole section here on Charlotte's status. Uh, <laughs> which Annoying. Is, <laughs> like the situation with Nikki and Paolo in season three and her own status in season four, Charlotte is credited as a principal cast member at the beginning of each episode, but appears on the guest cast list of press releases, likely due to her being dead by the fifth episode of the season. Charlotte did, however, appear in the official ABC posters, pictures of season five. Additionally, Daniel Day Kim was not credited in the initial press releases, presumably in order to introduce doubt prior to the premiere as to whether Jim was alive. Okay. Um, so, yeah, all right. For this season, which was with all the... With all the plot points, um, I guess, what worked, what didn't work in your mind? I mean, uh, when I watched it the first time, I didn't like the time travel. I thought that was a little jumping the shark a bit. I know Lost does crazy stuff, but the fact that we're going to live in the 70s, uh, first time it didn't work. Subsequent times, it's worked a lot more, and we've had discussions about the sort of debates uh, especially last episode, but even in other episodes with the compass and whatnot, I've turned around on the time travel. Like I can accept it much more now. Um, so I think the time travel works. I love the stuff with the the time looped compass that doesn't really have an origin. That that gets the sort of inner nerd in me excited. Uh, I love the the philosophical stuff about around the bomb. Do we change the history? What doesn't work for me is the Dharma Initiative. I feel like we had an opportunity to really learn about them. And 
Damon and Carlton talked in the past about, oh, yeah, we're going to go back and explore the Dharma. I feel like we never really actually explored the Dharma. We were in the Dharma, but we didn't really learn anything new that we didn't know before about them. We learned about the truce and the hostels, but this was such an opportunity to have some great plot twists and some big reveals around the Dharma initiative. I feel like we, yeah, we lived with them, but we didn't really learn anything about them. Um, mm. The the stuff off the island, pretty good. Not the greatest. I mean, like at that point, it was like, let's just get back to the island. I feel like they could have added a bit more sort of big reveals or sort of some new characters there or something. Uh, but but pretty good with the whole Eloise stuff. But yeah, overall, I've, I've really grown on the time travel stuff. I just think there was time traveling. There was a bit a bit of a missed opportunity there to really delve into this island's history. I guess. Um, and the Russo stuff still doesn't work for me. Oh, Eight three watch. Not about that. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't work for me still to this day. But rip me. Yeah, what's I'd the face? Say, I, I, hot Russo. Yeah, we like her, but it doesn't really work. Um, but yeah, overall, time travel has definitely grown on me. I think there's a lot of great sort of very losty and stuff to come from there. But I don't love everything that happens with that. I, yeah, I'd probably agree with you with all that. I mean, I don't think the time travel thing's ever been something that pissed me off. It was, it was odd, but like, you know, it's, it's there. I, it's never been something that I get angry about. Um, But again, it's sort of the rewatchability of this show and knowing things and it kind of helps and it kind of works that way. Um, Yeah. The offer, like that's maybe something that on the rewatch is not as like, it's that's more of an exciting thing on your first watch where you're like, Oh, like, are they, how are they going to get back to the Island? And like, Oh, what are they going to do? Are they really going to go back? And I was like, now that you know, they go back, you're just kind of like, okay, well, they're back. Sure. <laughs> um, you mentioned, and we'll kind of tease this a little bit through into the characters, but like, I kind of like some of the journeys of these characters, like, you know, Jack and Sawyer kind of their, their development and kind of where they're at and sort of things like that, which, I liked what they did with that and how they tied all that in with it. I, and I kind of like that exploration of, um, you know, the, the, sort of the Eloise factor and Faraday and kind of how they tie into it all. But I'm with you with the Dharma. Like it's kind of, it's been, I think early days of Lost and it's sort of, oh, what's the Dharma initiative and all oh, these videos and, oh, we're going to have to watch that again and all this kind of stuff. Like we've literally got our main characters embedded in the Dharma initiative in the peak of the Dharma initiative and, we find out that we've got creepy pedo man and fucking feeling. What happened to the torturer guy? Where's where is he? What happened yeah. to him? Why wasn't yeah. he tor- Why didn't he torture Sawyer when like Sawyer <laughs> needed to give information? He's our yeah, you. He, he was a one episode character. Where is he? What happened to him? What's he doing there? Um, that kind of annoys me. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, and, like, I guess I, I also, and, like, the fact that we talked it up over the last few weeks is I, I really like that notion of the whatever happened happened and can you change yeah. the past and, like, that's really cool. And I think that's where doing this show made it more fun because you can put yourself into that place and go, well, what would you do and what would you change? And it's interesting things to talk about. So... And again, as we talked about last week, this show doesn't really age at all. Like, this still holds up, and 
we can still have this conversation 12 years later, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, well, oh, God. And the statue looked a bit dumb. But, uh, um, so, I guess the main cast, the principal cast this season, uh, so I always lost. It's a, it's a big no ensemble. Claire. No, no Claire, but uh, Matthew Fox, Jack Shepard, Evangeline Lily Kados, and Jorge Garcia as Hurley. Josh Holloway, Sawyer, Elizabeth Mitchell, Juliet, Michael Emerson, Benjamin Linus, Ken Leung as Miles Strom. You know, I just I remembered the other day he's in Star Wars. I forget that he's in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so does everyone else. Uh, Terry O'Quinn as John Locke and the Man in Black. Spoiler alert: Naveen Andrews, sort of, uh, as Naveen Andrews. Let's be honest. Daniel Day Kim as Jin Su Kwan. Yun Jin Kim as Sun Hua Kwan. Jeremy Davis Davies as Daniel Faraday. Henry Ian Cusack as Desmond Hume and Rebecca Maeder as Charlotte Lewis. Now. It's interesting looking at the episode count here. Off the top of your head, who do you think appeared in the most episodes? And did anybody appear in every single episode? I'd say no to everyone. That's correct. Uh, I'm just going to take a wild stab in the dark here. Is it Hurley? Hurley appeared in 14 of the fifth, of 17, but there are two that appeared in 15 of the 17. Eight? Kate, yes. And the other one's pretty obvious if you... Go that route. Yeah. So Jack and Kate were in 15. So Hurley, Sawyer, and Juliet were in 14. Yeah. Well, the one I find here the weirdest, Desmond was in seven episodes. I feel he's only in like two episodes. Like, was Desmond in seven episodes this season? Um, Locke was in 12. Miles is actually in 13. Uh, so he was in 11. Um <laughs> Faraday was in nine. So, uh, okay, like I kind of touched on it before there, I guess, in terms of, you know, favourite least. I mean, who stood out to you the most uh, and who stood out to you the least? And on same uh, extra question, who improved the most maybe this season and has anyone dropped down for you of these characters? Uh, well, a bit of kind of a three-part question. But, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My journalism degree is working very well today. <laughs> Always ask three part questions. I think that's. Yeah, the I'm not one, one of these standard journals who ask one question. I'm going to ask you three at once. Uh, for most improved, you're going to like, but it's it's Juliet. Uh, Yay. That being said, the kind of other than the incident, she kind of gets a bit shafted in the last like four or five episodes of her time on the show. She's kind of just there in the background, like, uh. Yeah, she's still yeah, got a presence, though, doesn't she? Like, I, I agree with you completely, but when she has a line or two, she's still fine. She's not Naveen Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah well, we'll get to him. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like, probably most improved goes to her. Um, and Kate. You like Kate in the last few episodes? Come on, say Kate. <laughs> well, yeah, but you kind of mentioned this, and you it's funny because you didn't mention her, but uh, you mentioned Jack and Sawyer, which I agree. Uh, to me, the ones that really popped this season are Jack, Sawyer, and Kate. I love uh, their story, and we're a bit premature because all three of them have more development in the next season. But I feel like season five is the most growth for all these characters. Like Sawyer has firmly become that leader now and that matured man. And Jack is on that journey from the drug addict to the, the man of faith. Uh, and we, he's going to get more Lockie in, in season six, so he's not quite there. Uh, but then 
really underrated is Kate's sort of storyline about Claire and mm. about being a mother. And I love that for Kate, it was never Sawyer or it was never Jack. It was being a mother. It was Claire. It was Aaron. Uh, but that gets more into it next season too. So those three, I love their development as characters. Lost does this character development so well. Um, as for like the, what was the, you didn't say disappointment. What was it like gone down? Or- Did anybody like lose like, and it, it either just, it you can base that on this rewatch or just in season five, do you think there's like a character that just isn't the same as they were before? Well, I mean, it's not Saeed. Yeah, <laughs> the terrorist in the room, but uh, Naveen Andrews, we'll get more into that in season six. Like, that's such a disappointment. Uh, Charlotte, we already didn't like. Um, so, obviously, Naveen, but I guess one that you're not expecting me to say, but I'm going to say, is. Sun and Jin really get sharpened in season I five. I was just thinking about that, yeah. If you think about everyone has something to do in the incident in the last episode, Sun kind of sits there Jin saying, does where's my husband? Where's my husband? <laughs> she talked to Ben a few times. And Jin, he's learned English, but he still only gets about two or three lines in the finale and the last few episodes. Racist so- Damon and Carlton. Yeah, I mean, we love both those characters, but if you really sit back and think, like, they get a bit done in on season five, I think. I agree. And I was just thinking that too, because I was just trying to think, like, outside of badass son, and I guess Jin hanging out with Hot Russo, like, what do they yeah. do? Um, yeah, that's kind of the only thing. And, like, even looking, like, it's weird to say this, like, because Desmond's one of the great characters, but, like, I feel Desmond, like, again, going back to my point, where I was like, he was in seven episodes. Like, you barely think of Desmond in this season at all. And, like, that's kind of where it's like, okay, well, Desmond gets shouted. And this is a weird one to say, but bear with me. Ben, like, Michael Emerson's got such a presence, similar to what I was saying with Juliet, that, like, even when he's kind of shafted, he's still memorable. And, like, he's got some of the best scenes in this entire season. But, like, there was a string of episodes there where he was just there. And he was just kind yeah, of, but yeah. but he would drop a clangor of a line. Like, oh, there's our Ben, you know. So there. Yeah, it's not the best season for Ben, but uh, the other one I just want to quickly throw out that it's taken me seven, eight rewatches. Is I don't think I've ever been such a miles fan as I am oh, right now. Like, I've been him. loving. Miles. Yeah, no, I, I'm always on board with Miles. And, and we pretty much mentioned everyone. I mean, Hurley is Hurley. I mean, you know, kind of he's got the my, what is it, the poodle or whatever the hell he's wearing at the beginning of the season. And then the whole, like, killing um, of thing, that's kind of funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've talked up with Jorge Garcia, like an underrated actor when he's got some of these great scenes with it there as well. Um, and Charlotte just sucks. Just just get stuff, Charlotte. And poor Saeed, the Andrews just. Now, usually I go over sort of recurring characters, but this loss has got a lot, so we're not going to go through all of them. So I'll just kind of go through some of the ones and maybe in about four or five episodes or more, sort of the major ones. So the major ones here are Richard and Phil, uh, Nesta Carbonell and Patrick Fischler, both in nine episodes. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this on an episode or I mentioned this off air, but I had, I had recently watched an episode of 911 and uh, Patrick Fischler was in it. Now, Obviously, you and I are recording this back-to-back with the finale from last week, and I mentioned last week that I had just watched American Crime Story, and 
he's now in American Crime Story. So he's doing the rounds of the Ryan Murphy shows at the moment. Is Patrick Fischler? He's a good actor. Like he actually is playing a completely different character in American Crime. He's kind of the same sort of character in Nine One One, but. In American Crime Story, completely different. I had to look up because I'm like, is that who I think it is? And he's in makeup. And anyway, so he's there. Nine episodes for them. Then in seven episodes, we had Francois Chow, Oz Network guest, um, <laughs> Pierre Chang. Uh, we had Lapitas, Jeff Fahey, seeing him now in La Lawmower Man with Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Come on. Can we please watch that? I just want to do that. I need to see Pierce Brosnan and Lapitas together. <laughs> Um, Eric Land, Stuart Radzinski uh, was in seven. And Alana was in seven? Really? Boo! Um, Zulekia Robinson plays her. And I'll just go for the ones who were in five or more. So uh, (laughs) William Blanchett as Aaron Littleton was in five episodes. Uh, Our man Alan Dale, Australia's own, TV's Alan Dale, Charles Widmore, 517. Uh, another Oz Network guest, Sonia Walga as Penny Widmore in 5 of 17 episodes. Uh, our favourite pedo, Doug Hutchinson as Horace Goodspeed, 5 of 17. And everyone's least favourite character in the world, Boo! Bram! Brad William Henke. He's even got such a douchey name, Brad. Um, was in 5. So, uh, again, other, other ones, I mean... Hot Rousseau, we've got Roger, Linus, uh, Eloise, of course, uh, Young Ben, um, John Terry was in it a few times, uh, Bernard and Rose, um, yeah, uh, Nadia was in an episode, <laughs> a fellow Oz Network guest, uh, Titus Welliver, uh, Michelle Rodriguez. Just talk about some of the side characters. Oh, there's too many here to list. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Again, I feel like they dropped the ball with the Ajira. Like Caesar was another one. Um, Neil Froget. Froget, yeah, with the flaming arrow. That was funny. Probably uh, should mention Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, suburban Jesus, Jacob. But <laughs> I just feel like I know it was late in the show, but there was a real opportunity with the Ajira flight to really introduce two or three new characters who give them some important role. Yeah. Uh, and we'll get into Alana next season because there was a big lost opportunity there. But, I, yeah, I feel like they dropped the ball there. I get the Dharma Initiative. They're never going to be main characters. But the Ajira, there's a whole new flight. Like, there's a whole new open opportunity. I know it's season five, the second last season, but at least one or two characters to really have some important role, I think. Because uh, they did a decent job with the freighter folk, so. Uh, but it was fun to get to know the Dharma guys. I think Radzinski and feel a great sort of henchmen. I think they they just do it. They feel that comedic sort of villain role so well. Um, Doug Hutchinson. Ah. Yeah, we don't we don't mention Doug. Um, but yeah, again. It's fun to meet the Dharma folk, but is it that kind of thing where, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing up Bond, but some people say that the best Blofeld is the one from from Russia with Love where we never see his face. And it, I, I feel a little bit with Pierre Chang that 
once we get to know Pierre Chang, does that sort of take away the mystery of this weird guy in these videos from yeah. 40 years ago that's so mysterious? And then once you get to know him and Hurley's like chatting about having a beer with him, is that kind of taking a bit of the mystery and sort of intrigue out of it? Uh, so I like getting to know the Dharma people, but I don't know if they're some of my favourite recurring characters of all time. Should special mention uh, Rekha Ellsworth. Uh, as Amy Goodspeed, just because it's Rico Ellsworth. Yeah, I, I've always said a lot about I don't really like the Al Jazeera people. They're just, there's no one standout-ish. It's not, you know, like with every single new group of people they introduce, they just got worse and worse. But even like the freighters, like, I mean, I mean, that was 50% good. <laughs> we had Lapitas and, and Faraday and Miles, um, you know, so that was fine. But, um, yeah, I just there's no standouts to me on that. I mean... Lapita's even just seems bored around these people, but um, oh. I don't even know. Like, I shout out to Nesta Carbonell. I think Richard starts to stand out a lot, and Richard's going to get a lot more important next season. So, yeah. So, props to Richard because I'm a, I'm a big Richard fan. I'm a big Nesta fan. Um, so yeah, and it's, it's interesting. Kind of going back to my point about Desmond that that um Penny was in as many episodes, and Allendale always props to Allendale. Do we ever talk about Allendale? Like, good on you, Alan Dale, for being the same in everything. But you're great. And also to um to Fiona Flanagan. Fiona Fiona Le- blah, 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 blah. Eloise Hawking. She did a really good job this season. Yeah, and hot Eloise as well. Uh both of them are hot. Fiona Fiona yeah. Flanagan. She's, you know? All three she, of them. There were three of them. Was there three? There was young Ellie, then there was the one that oh, shot. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. And also shout out to TV's Titus Welliver, just because. Yeah, we like him too. We, we, we like him. He's literally had like four lines basically, but, I mean, he's great. He's got a presence about him. Um, you have no idea how badly I want to kill you. <laughs> I want to fuck you. Uh, the best and the worst episodes, I mean, I kind of touched on before that we all had the same amount of buys, the same amount of rents, and the same amount of bins. So uh, essentially we had 13 buys, three rent no you had four rents what am i doing my math wrong so you had 12 buys uh how do i do math here ben 11 buys no 12 buys four rents and a bin i had 13 buys three rents and a bin so i guess the the i'm not gonna go over all 17 episodes but clearly to us the worst episode this season the little prince yes yeah with claire's mum Oh, God, that's right. And that was my first time I've ever been to Kate episode, right? <laughs> Which you just Long went on your standard. Uh, so the rents, you and I both rented Jughead. That was the only one we agreed on for a rent. I rented The Lie. You bought it. You rented This Place Is Death. I bought it. You rented Here's Our You. I bought it. You rented Some Like It Hoth. I bought it. You bought follow the leader, and I rented it. Um, and standout episodes, I mean, The Incident Part 2, uh, to me, is the the standout. Uh, the Incident Part 1 as well. And I really like The Variable. The Variable, of course, the 100th episode, we celebrate that. Uh, Dead is Dead. I was a big fan of Dead is Dead as well. And uh, The Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham. I enjoyed that one. I thought it was good. So, good old Gummy Joe and what happened to him. So, they're probably my standouts. But, yeah, Little Prince bin um which is my highest bin i will say uh my highest bin overall 
but still a, a bad one. So, yeah, my highest rated episode came in at number 10, The Incident Part 2, and my lowest rated episode, The Little Prince, is sitting at 94. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, obviously The Little Prince. Um, but the other Kate one, uh, Whatever Happened Happened, is pretty decent for a Kate one. Um, yeah, like you said, The Incident 1 and 2, the variable 100-episode classic. Uh, but yeah, this season gets a bit off to a bit of a slow start, but I'm always a fan of that trilogy of 316, Jeremy Bentham and Lafleur. They kind of work as a, a sort of three-part sort of standalone trilogy episodes. I always like those episodes, but yeah, I, I agree. Season five doesn't like, if we talk about season one, two, four, we can rattle off all these like iconic episodes and season five doesn't really have that. Like the variable. Yeah. Incident. Yeah. Bentham. Yeah. But doesn't really have those iconic episodes, but there's still some great lost episodes in there. I, yeah. I think like at the end of the day, if you straight away were like list your favorite lost episode, like season, like I think, yeah, you'd automatically go the variable and the incident. Um, and again, like you'd probably lump the incident together. But, um, yeah, like, outside of that, it's sort of, it'd be one of those ones where you'd be like, okay, well, I like this episode, but I'll refresh my memory before I kind of, you know, go over that. So, um, yeah, which I guess, unless there's anything else major that I've gelled over from this season that you want to talk about, we can get into our season rankings and then our top five moments. I mean, anything major that I've missed that you wanted to revisit or touch on or talk about before we move into rankings? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. Uh, I guess the only other thing was the fact that this season started to do this weird thing that where they split the timeline between 1977 and 2007, mm. and for some reason Sun ended up there. But uh, it bothers some people. I guess it, I was okay with it. it. Never really bothered me that sort of aspect of it. A couple of things actually that I we sort of I started doing this bit more on Breaking Bad for I guess a show that um, I guess uh, you know some of our other shows didn't necessarily uh, get nominated for many awards so I guess you should talk about awards and also there's a few trivia bits here which are interesting on Lostpedia um, so this season was nominated for five primetime Emmy awards uh, out nominated for outstanding drama series writing for a drama series. Uh, so Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof uh, for The Incident. Uh, outstanding support actor in a drama series for Michael Emerson. Outstanding single camera picture editing for a drama series and outstanding sound mixing for a comedy drama. The only winner, who was the only one who was who you think won it that year? Please, Michael Emerson. It was. Uh, yeah. He had been nominated the t- previous two years, uh, but he finally came through for a win. Now, if I'm not mistaken... I think this is one of those years in which uh, when Nick and I over on Breaking Bad, listen now, we were questioning why Aaron Paul didn't win it in a year. And then when I saw that he lost to Michael Emerson, I was okay with that. I Aaron Paul, but there's no contest between those two. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, there are some episodes. I'm a big, I'm a big Aaron Paul fan. I'm a big Jesse fan. Yeah, um, I'm just seeing. So, okay. So lost, lost. The drama series, and I'm hoping I've got this around the right way. I might be in the wrong year here. No, I'm in the right year. Okay, so it lost to Mad Men in drama series. Uh, Mad Men is good. Never watched it. So other nominees, Big Love, never seen it. Rest in peace, uh, Bill Paxton. Breaking Bad, 
great show. Damages, mm. amazing show. Dexter, great show. House, um, yeah. mm. I've seen like three episodes uh, and lost. Okay, so difficult year, tough, tough sort of yeah. ones out there. Um, uh, lead, lead actress and la- so. Did Evangeline Lily ever get nominated? I think Matthew Fox did, but I don't know if... So, the, for drama that year, for so no one was nominated in the Best Actor, so Brian Cranston won it that year for Breaking Bad, but Simon Baker for The Mentalist? Come on. As Tasmanians, we love you, Simon, but I'm sorry, Matthew Fox is a bit of a John, you know, freaking Terry O'Quinn. Like, come on. Um, Gabrielle Byrne for treatment, never heard of it. Michael C. Hall, Dexter, okay, fair enough. John Hamm, Don Dreyer, and Hugh Laurie is house, okay. And uh, lead actress in a drama, so Glenn Close, Patty Hughes, yes, I would agree with that. Damages, great show, great actress. Sally Field, brothers, yeah. Mariska Hargate, yeah. Holly Hunter, yeah. Elizabeth Moss for Man, I've never seen, and Kira Cedric, well, uh, Kevin Bacon's wife, I'll give that to that. Um, so Michael Emerson beat uh, Aaron Paul. Uh, Christian Clemenson for Boston Legal, William Hurt for Damages. Yeah, he was good. That's I remember him. Uh, William Shatner. Is that drama? <laughs> I thought that was more comedy. And John Slattery in Mad Men. Um, and for yeah. those playing at home, for out support, uh, another just tied into our other coverage, outstanding supporting actress in a drama series went to Cherry Jones for 24 for President Alison Taylor. So there you go. Um, so, yeah. What did it lose for uh, writing? Um, I, I just, I'm intrigued with this. So it lost, lost her to an episode of Mad Men, uh, for outstanding writing. Um, yeah. and I'm guessing the other ones were in the technical categories. I'm not going through all those. Anyway, uh, Golden Globes, Michael Emerson was also nominated. Um, but he did not win, I believe. Is this the year he lost to Aaron Paul? No, he lost to, oh, okay, John Lithgow in Dexter. You remember that season? He was pretty good in Dexter that season. Yeah, that was good, but Michael Emerson. Well, of course, what they do for the Golden Globes is they don't separate the comedy and the drama for supporting. So I'm seeing here that Neil, I'm like, Neil Patrick Harris for How I Met Your Mother as Barney Stinson in drama? Like, wow, the Golden Globes are very interesting in their <laughs> categories there. Um, but, uh, no, that's obviously they combine them. Uh, some of the trivia here just quickly, which uh, this season has the most episodes with titles containing the word death or dead. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, season five maintains the current trend of having five episodes each season with the title beginning with the word the. <laughs> okay. Juliet and Charlotte were the only main characters not to receive their own centric episode this season. However, Juliet did receive a brief childhood flashback. Yippee. And uh, Kate was the only main character to receive two centric episodes and has been the only character with two centric episodes in a single season since season three. Likewise, this is the only season where she has had more centric episodes than Jack. Ho ho. Our hero. You uh, here are okay. All right, so season rankings. Now, would you like a refresh of what you've got? Because it's been a while since we've done one of these. Okay, so from four to one, you have season three at four. I also have season three at four. You have season four at three. I have season oh. two at three. At number two, you have season two. At number two, I have season four. And we both have season one at number one. So, there you go. Yeah. Now, I just want to point out, I found a... Because we, we go to Hollywood Reporter, uh, ranking the episodes. I found ScreenRant.com. Good friends over at ScreenRant.com. Have ranked all six seasons of Lost. 
Now, just to catch up, they've got season one at number one, season four at number two, season two mm-hmm. at number three, season five at number four, season three at number five, and season six at number six. So, yeah, that's the general consensus seems to normally put season five higher. So interesting from Screen Rant. There you go. Now, where are you? Where, where are you on Screen Rant, or are you on maybe Team Ben? Because where's Ben going to put season five? So, yeah. Uh, so I put one and two as one and two, right? You got one, two, four, and three as your order. Yeah. To me, like one and two were easy to rank. Season three was easy to rank. Season four was like, oh, where do I put that? Season six will be easy to rank. To me, five is easily the hardest to rank of all the seasons because you feel bad for putting it low, but you also don't want to put it too high. Uh, So I'm going to put it at number four. So to me, there's no way that season three is better. Like we, we trudged along season. The thing is we spread this out over a year. But we did season three in a short amount of time, but that felt like a year when we were recapping season three. Like there are so many weak weak episodes and loose ends in season three that. Uh, but we we seem to really have a good time with season four when we recap season four. That was one of our more enjoyable ones. Like, that zoomed by for us less yeah, episodes. That did actually. Um, we did that like two years ago, and I remember doing that pretty quickly. Yeah. But I am an old school fan. So for me, one and two, spoiler alert, season six will not be season one and two. So there's my number one and two locked in for sure. Um, I'm more of an old school fan. Like, I feel like we didn't really mention how this show sort of got very sort of sci fi lore heavy in, in the way of the characters in season five. Um, at the same time, we can't discredit the fact that we only binned one episode and that we did buy so many of these episodes and that it is such a neat season, the way they planned everything out with this time travel stuff. So to me, like season three, even though it had some all-time great episodes, that was such a sort of flailing all over the shop season while this is such a neat season. So I don't think I... I'm there with the general consensus. A lot of people put this as number one or number two, but I also could never put it as the bottom season. So I'm putting it number four out of five so far. I pretty much agree with everything you said, and it comes down to either being four or five for me as well. I've got one and two, uh, one and four. Uh, I really enjoyed season four. I really did. Um, and just the ending of that season as well. And just, you know, kind of just, uh, I mean, the ending of every season basically, but, uh, you know, it kind of stood out, but season two, I, I have it three and that's not moving. I, I think season three, like I, I'm with you, like it sort of, it drags on and that, but the, the thing, like going to your point about being old school, Season three still kind of is that bridging season, which it's, you've got setting stuff up, but you've still got like Charlie still there and like kind of, you know, you've still got like just stuff you don't like get yeah, the camp and like the bear cage sex, which, okay, it was like, okay, get over it. But like at the same time, it's like you're still in that period of the show where it's just kind of like, oh, like what's happening? And, you know, is he going to rescue? 
Stranger in a Strange Land. I know, an expose. I know they exist, but um, I, I just, I think at the end of the day for me, like our point that we were making that I can remember these episodes of season three. You can tell me the name of it. I remember it. And like, okay, expose shit. Yes, Stranger in a Strange Land is shit, but you remember them. Like, it's kind of like, okay. Whereas... Yeah, I've bought a majority of this season, but at the end of the day, they're just such meh buys. And it's like, I like the sort of the sci-fi, the lore and everything. I like the setup. I like the ending and all that sort of stuff. But I legitimately sit here and I can remember season three. And we did that three years ago, probably, uh, versus this, which I barely remember doing it in February of this year. So controversial. I'm putting season five at the bottom. Oof. I'm and you bought season three. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm being a massive hypocrite. I'm going against my usual formula of well, I bought this many. I've got to work my percentages out. It's just I just can't like that it's just wrong for season five. But I I think I what leads season five, but that feels wrong. What leads me with it is just the fact that the the ending of season three is also more memorable. I I would rank that higher for me. And also it comes from the fact that, yeah, I bought a lot of these episodes, but they so easily could have all been rents because they're literally in that middle phase of my rankings. They are literally right bang there in the middle. This is like Panama of, of you, you know, it's just, it's, it's it's not terrible, but it's not great. Like, it's just kind of like, you know, whereas like season three is maybe to me a Fiji. Like, yeah, it's got a lot of shit to it and some of the twists kind of don't work. But I just weirdly enjoy it and it just it reminds me of Survivor to a point which I like it and there's got some good characters to it and it still feels like Survivor. So there's our comparison for our Survivor Oz listeners. You are season six's only fan, so season five might only have been bottom. <laughs> season six only fans. I so I'm I, yeah because I love the flash sideways. I just I love like this notion of like you know like I remember watching it going like oh this is so cool. What would have happened? Like I don't know. I don't know. Like we I only podcast that ever defended the flash sideways. See season six to me, and I know we're jumping ahead here. We'll kind of do this more at the end, but like it's the season I've probably seen the least and remember the least, even though it's technically the season you've seen the newest if you've done a rewatch of it recently. So it's kind of. And like again, we'll bring up chronologically lost. The last time I rewatched Lost was chronologically lost. So all of the flash sideways were together, right? And like that works so much better. Surely you'd agree with that. If you watch them all together, it's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> he's giving me a look. Um, <laughs> I like Cross the Sea. All right, don't judge me. We've got the Great Richard episode. Like, there's some yeah. good stuff in season six. Come on. Like anyway, we're jumping ahead. We'll get to that in a minute. Now, our top five moments. Now, okay, I to clarify, I take notes, and when I take notes, I mark in a big circle top five as a potential nominee. So when I get to this episode, I can go through my notes and I remember. Now, I did a little move from Canada to Australia during that period. My notebook that contains my notes for episodes one to four is still in an apartment, as far as I believe, in Canada that will probably I will never see ever again. So I do not know if there are any moments. I can't remember. <laughs> Tell me right now, Noah, are there any potential moments from episodes one to four before I move on and mark down some ones that I've, I've written down here? I only wrote one potential one from the first four episodes, but it didn't make my top five, but I wrote it as a potential. Which is? And that's from episode two, The Lie, and that's Hurley sitting down with his mum and basically opening up about 
everything in the show. And then we we teamed up with the others, and then the others, uh, and then there was a boat, and they were worse others. And and then we got, yeah. and I wish someone would just believe me. I believe you, Hugo. Aww. Such a great moment, hilarious, but also poignant and funny and sad. And just such a great moment between Hurley and his mum. Uh, and it's basically Hurley describing the plot of Lost in two minutes. Uh, so it, it didn't quite make my five, but I wrote it down as like a, a real honourable mention there from what, the live. What I like to do in these is that like just mention, just mention them all and then we can have the discussion. So people don't know what we're doing here. We're obviously coming up with five moments from this season, which are the top five moments. Then we rank them from five down to one. And then I'm ultimately these five moments and become nominees so that at the end of next season, when we do our series recap, Noah and I will vote on our top 10 moments out of all those moments we've chosen over six seasons. And then we have that top 10 moments from lost. Although it wasn't season one, we had six cause I fought for Boone's death and it rightfully. So I got equal fifth. So, okay. Going through my notes. I'm going to flick through these. So from this place is death. I've marked down John in the wheel, turning on the wheel and say hello to my son. Um, which who's your son? <laughs> I still love that moment. Okay. Uh, from 316, uh, when Eloise is um, explaining everything, the a very clever fellow. Um, uh, episode 7, Life and Death of Jeremy Bentham, Ben kills Locke. Probably a good one there. Uh, Lafleur, I've got nothing. Uh, Breaking Bad, season 2, episode 11, I've got uh, Walt meets Fring for the first time. There you go. Uh, <laughs> if you just want to do here, I'm going to just... Bear with me here, thinking music as I find my lost notes. Too many Breaking Bad notes here. Great sound effects. Jesus, I watched a lot of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Oh, we go lost. Namaste. Nothing. All right. Uh, here's our you. Nothing. Uh, whatever happened, happened. Nothing. Uh, <laughs> again, we'll come to yours in a minute. Uh, dead is dead. I've got nothing. The Mighty Ducks. Nothing. D2, the Mighty Ducks. D3, the Mighty Ducks. Uh, breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. This is such great. No wonder we win awards on this show. Um, 24, no, lost. Uh, some like it, Hoth. I've got nothing. Uh, the variable. Ah, okay. I've got one. Um, mother shoots Faraday. Top five. Is that in that episode? Oh, it's a variable. Do. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great podcast. Oh, so prepared. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I've just written mother shoots Faraday. Okay. That's good. Uh, and then I don't think I've got anything until the finale. Follow the leader, nothing. The incident, oh, yeah. The um, Do you have any idea how badly I want to fuck you? And then I've got the five moments from the incident part two. Jack versus Sawyer's fight. The bomb drops down. Nothing happens. Juliet's death, which is technically, I guess, connected to the bomb going down and doing nothing. Ben's speech and killing Jacob and the ending with the explosion in the white. All right, Noah, do you have anything different that I haven't mentioned? Uh, other than the one I mentioned with the lie, no, there's nothing unique. That, okay, that so... He's dead. Maybe you could talk about Ben and his daughter and like whatever, but but she does such a bad acting job that she kind of yeah. cancels herself out there. So I guess realistically, though, I would just say at this point there are maybe two or three ones that you would say yes. To me, that would be the ending with the explosion going to white, Ben killing Jacob, and potentially Ben killing Locke. Uh. Uh, I mean, I agree with that, but then there's another absolute lock, <laughs> lock, uh, 
which is you cannot have a top five moments of season five and not have Faraday being killed by his oh, own right. mother. So we've got three deaths in here. So uh, yeah, right. and most of the deaths this time. Uh, so to me, that's four automatic locks. Okay, so hang on a minute. Just uh, stop there a second. Ending with bomb. Uh, ben. So Ben. Two of the deaths. Ben's a murderer. <laughs> ben kills Locke. Ben kills Jacob, and Eloise kills Faraday. Okay, so our fifth one. I know what I want, but tell me, Noah, what do you want? I absolutely love the Jack uh, Sawyer fight. But to me, the Jacob reveal and the conversation was just so mind-blowing. And that's such a, like, this is a show about plane crash survivors in 2004, but we're watching these two guys from the 1800s and we're still captivated by what's happening. And then, nice to meet you, Jacob. Oh, my God. And then the loophole and do you have any idea how badly I want to kill you? There was such a mind-blowing moment in this TV show and it's sort of the prequel to across the sea uh, that I love the Jack and Sawyer sort of five years in the making battle. But to me, like the, the introduction to Jacob on the beach with the man in black is so mind blowing. I look, I'm embarrassed that last week I will two weeks. We have one on, we record these too frequently, but I forgot about that as a potential top five. Like I, I was ashamed that I didn't do that. Um, and I just, yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing too, that like sort of Nick's very like, you know, like, Oh, we too many from one episode and we should have a moment like this from different characters. And I agree with him. I'm I'm not, I don't disagree with him. I like his formula with that, but I think different shows we can do. Yeah. We different, different ones. We can do it differently. And, because I mean, on that notion, we've got three deaths, which are kind of all, and you know, Nick wouldn't allow that. It's not a New Zealand thing. Um, <laughs> really, hate not Nick. I love Nick. Nick's great um, for a New Zealander. Um, but yeah, like I don't like. I love the Jack Sawyer fight. I love sort of the hold on moment with Juliet and kind of that bomb doing nothing. But I mean, again, you've already got two moments from episode seventeen already. Um, I, I'm a fan of the wheel, like the, the the turning the wheel, and there's like I kind of like that, and I also like the Eloise, like the a very clever fellow, like I kind of like that moment. But I, I think I'm with you. I think episode. That's the problem with that. Is I think I think the thing is the thing that kind of sells me as well with that, you know, as you say, like the prequel. But I feel that scene gets shown a lot, and a lot of me, a lot of what sways me with any top five moments is if you're watching a recap or you're watching like a, you know, best clips of Lost or something like that, like scenes that are shown, scenes that the show is known for. You always know we've got to go back, Kate, you know, we've got to go back and not Penny's boat, like iconic scenes you know. And like I'm saying this rates up there with those iconic scenes, but this is a scene you always see in Lost. Yeah, so I remember. And I just think the sort of meta version of the amount of times I thought about that in the year between season five and six and the discussions I had with people. So it's slightly meta, but to me, it has such a sort of resonance with myself that I can't not include that. It's all about you, basically. (laughs) All right. So we've got our five. Order. Now, is there a standout number one or a number five here? To me, there's an absolute number one. That's the ending, I'm guessing. Yeah, Juliet 
come on, come on. Fade to white. Maybe she's reset the entire continuity of the show. Like, what a cliffhanger. What a death. I agree. Uh, number one. Uh, it's, it's weird actually looking here at uh, the list from last season because it, it's been so long since we've done it. I even forgot what we had for season four. It's yeah, interesting. I can't remember. Um, now, I would say for number two, Ben killing Jacob. Because I just um, think like we talked up the element of just how powerful the scene is with Ben's yeah. speech and the what about me and then the what about you and then literally that like it's just he's killing this god, this deity who we've heard so much and it's, it's got such an impact of a death which is really like, yeah, I get the Eloise killing Faraday one as well but I just feel the impact of Ben and his speech adds more to it and not to take away from the death of Faraday because, again, you're my mother, like I'm your son, like, oh, it's a big deal but like... I don't know. Ben, at the end of the day, holds more weight to me than Faraday. I love Faraday, but I just think this scene and the what, it, like you said it yourself, like it's almost a drop mic moment of the what about you, and then it's like, well, fuck you, I'm stabbing you. Like everything about that scene to me just stands out so well. Yeah, I personally would put the Faraday one because I get what you're saying about Ben holds more weight than Faraday, but I would also say Faraday holds more weight than Jacob. Uh, of course, Faraday's Jacob. Bad. Uh, of course Jacob is like this big sort of character but we've also just met him and it still holds an impact definitely but to me it's like Faraday is someone we've been with for two seasons and we've known Eloise since season three episode seven as the chestnut lady and now the chestnut lady is shooting her own son and he's known as sort of the constant uh, guy that to me just if you're going to do a time travel story, having your own mother kill you, but the fact that she knew all along and that she sent you there to die, to me, that is more hardcore than than Ben getting tricked into killing someone. But I'm willing to concede because I don't want to argue. <laughs> <laughs> you're such a pacifist. Um... I, I would say, just for the record, I think, that's you nearly paradise. sold me there, Noah, until you said, "Ah, oh, but I'm willing to concede. <laughs> I mean, I'm still voting for Faraday number two. That, that's on the record for me. I think that's... But no, if you no look, to- you sold me. I won't be a dick. I think you sold me. You sold it well okay. there at the end. Okay, so I'll, I'll give it to you. Um, so number two. So number three then is Ben Kills Jacob. I, I would then say Ben Kills Lock number four, Jacob Man in the Black number five. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I, I would switch the two, but it, uh, yeah. Why? No, Tell I'm, me why. The the problem with the lock one, and it's definitely a top five moment, but it's almost like a retroactive top five moment because in the same episode that he dies, he's also alive. So at when we're watching it, we're like, well, he killed Locke and that was crazy, but he didn't kill Locke. I- I agree. The thing I would counter that, though, is the setup because we literally think he's about to kill himself and then kind of the way in which Ben talks him down to then just kill him anyway. Like, it's like that's the, the impact to me where it's the yeah. shock of that. It's like, well, fuck, like, Jesus, I didn't see that coming. Like, Ben could have just said, kill yourself, and then that way he gets away with it. But he literally talks him down to get one answer and then just murders him. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But then my then counter argument that same episode we then see Locke alive, so it's kind of like 
in in retro- retrospect, yes, but in the moment, well, yes, we're shocked, but because we're so confused about what's happening, we're like, well, maybe he didn't kill Locke. So but in hindsight, th- knowing what happens, is it still not extra shocking? I would still put the other one, but I'm fine with Locke's uh, death being at Look, I can see this if you're the other one. I'm standing my ground now. Locke's going number four. And- <laughs> All right, so to clarify, in, in num- top <laughs> wait till we get to at least with the top 10 at the end of next season, it will be a silent vote from both of us and kind of it's done and dusted. We're not debating it on air. Um, so, all right, number five is the Jacob and Man in Black first appearance meeting, whatever you want to call it. How, you have any idea how much I want to fuck you from episode 16, The Incident Part 1. Uh, number four, we have Ben killing old gummy Joe Locke in episode seven, the life and death of Jeremy Bentham. And number three, we have Ben, gee, I'm a murderous prick, killing Jacob. Uh, what about me? Nothing. Uh, in episode 17, the incident part two, uh, at number two, we have Eloise killing her own son Faraday in episode 14, the variable and at number one the ending of the entire season Juliet smacking the shit out of the nuke and basically waking up and then <laughs> lost from That'll episode 17 old. the incident part two so um there we go we're now up to what does that make us 26 nominees we didn't have any other ties did we in any other seasons so Boone's death for number one at the end of the, the series um, which again, season six, we kind of had a bit of discussion about it before. Obviously, our next episode, well, we'll have two in one day with LAX part one and part two. Boone will be in next week, yay! Um, but yeah, we're we're going to be talking about season six. Thoughts on season six, Noah? And actually, just quickly, can I just say here, weirdly, Lost season five special features on the DVD, uh, Epic Day with Richard Alpert. Hmm, we should yeah. recap that. <laughs> Never seen that before. Anyway, sorry, season six, uh, thoughts. That's awesome. Good as Cynthia Watros gets lost. Oh, have you watched it yet? Oh. Seriously, watch it. It's so much better than you think. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, season six it was. I don't want to be a, a a negative Naomi, but it was my least favorite at the time. Still, my least favorite, hands down. Uh which is such a shame because I love this show, but I feel like they really just dropped the ball at the end. And I'm not a hater of the finale. I actually, spoiler alert, I really like the finale. Um, sue me. Uh, but I, I want to say season six has some of the best episodes. Like the last stretch is great. But I'm going to go on record and say season six might have my most bins out of all the episodes. Wow. Uh, we're talking about how season five didn't really have any episodes that pop. Season six really, as much as it has like three or four episodes that really pop, like Richard and Sun and Jean and the finale, it also has a lot of episodes that are real lulls in the story. And Claire is back. Uh so, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Is she <laughs> <laughs> my baby? Ah, that's 
little baby. Rants at it. And again, not actually Claire. It's Emily DeRaven. It's just like Naveen Andrews. Naveen. I'm going to remain positive. Uh, We're in the home stretch. I can't believe we're here. I feel like it's like when we're back watching the show, we're finally at the end. Uh, So I'm excited for being in the home stretch. Every episode now is one step towards the end, but that's exciting. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to revisit because I want to see it in a new light, but really not my favorite season, especially the first half. Second half, I'll be much more positive, but you're going to hear a bit of negative negativity in the first half, that's for sure. It's it's interesting that, like, you're like, you're season six's only fan. Like, again, it's the one I remember the least. Um, the, the things that stand out to me, again, I like Across the Sea. So sue me. <laughs> I also like the finale. I'm with you. I like the finale. Well, I, I, I like the Richard episode. Um, I, 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 I like... Other stuff that I remember liking in the season is like kind of the the mystery around Locke when you find out who he is and kind of just like and the lore around like the 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 candidates and the writings in the cave and like kind of just that sort of things the way that kind of leads into it I kind of enjoy that and like I now knowing what these so called flash sideways are like yeah it takes it away because like I think it would have been cool if they legitimately just did this as a flash sideways, like this is what would have happened rather than going we'll get the route. We'll get into that, that's for sure. Which like, but like the thing that I like about it is that I remember watching this legitimately thinking that was the thing, right? And like kind of that's how I sort of almost just believe it to be true. So it's, it's a weird thing that I kind of like to just think, well, no, this is what would happen if they did, you know, land. And I, I like that, but there is some crap like, Fucking Saeed, like Jesus Christ! Um, you you thought we were negative about Saeed and Naveen this season? You just wait till season six. We've not uh, even he's not even a zombie yet. And like jokes aside about Claire, like fucking hell, like <laughs> no, I'm a baby. Seriously, people watch the How Lost Should Have Ended video, and that is Claire in a nutshell. Look at me, I'm in a nutshell. Um, at the bottom, but we had a whole season without Claire. Next season, we've got a lot of squirrel Claire. Boone's back. I mean, you know, Shannon. Shannon. But I mean, the only thing with Shannon is I roll my eyes at the ending because of Shannon. I mean, it does make me happy that Boone's in the end. Good for Boone being there. He is. Got a pen. (laughs) Should have him holding a pen in the end, (laughs) showing it to Jack. Um, and we get some cool little thing, but yeah, like I, I, I'm going into this knowing I like certain things, but also not expecting to like, I, I, I can't tell you if I'm going to bin the most things of this. Cause there are definitely things that I remember from season six. Where I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that bit, which I didn't like, but bring on across the sea just for Ben defending across the sea. Give me my Alison Jenny. I want her, I want her in front of me. And next week, fucking boom. Yeah, I will say LAX, not the best premiere, but season six gets off to a pretty good start. Because Boone's in it. <laughs> Boone's in it, Bart's is in it, uh, Froget's in it, all the old gang's in it. Yes, exactly, except for Mr. Echo, but there's a reason behind that. Um, no Joanna. And, and as somebody who's been to LAX, probably more than a lot of airports I've been in most of my life, I'll be nitpicking. Oh, that's not LAX. That's not how it looks. That's not where LAX is. Um, great airport, LAX, actually. Um, one of my favourites. 
Uh, but that'll be next week, both in one day. Noah's hosting both of them, so good luck to him. And thanks for tuning in to Season 5. It's taken us a while, but not really for you. You've listened to this for 18 consecutive weeks, so good for you. And all things going to plan. It'll be 19 next week with two episodes in one day. So get excited. Listen to our 24 and our Breaking Bad coverage. They're good. I mean, they're going to be honest. One of them's better, one of them's worse than Lost. You'll just decide, which you have to listen to both and make your own mind up. Uh, my name is Ben, and have you seen my baggy sweatshirt, the one with the bulldog on it? Uh, my name is Nora, and yeah, I heart shit too. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah! If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon! That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.